Welcome to the Spirit of Money podcast with your host, Beth Ann McMerrick. Here we weave together the elements of personal finance and business with the spiritual side of your money. Bust through your financial barriers and transform your life, mind, body, spirit, and wallet. Beth Ann guides you in a unique and enlightened approach on how to clear your financial chakra pathways, tune up your money vortex system, and manifest your dreams come true. Here's your host, Beth Ann McMerrick. Well, hello and welcome to the Spirit of Money podcast. Today, our episode is about how to increase your financial vibration. How to increase your financial vibration. Yes, I am so excited about this topic and so excited to be sharing this information with you today. And ultimately, because as you increase your financial vibration, you increase your income and you increase the amount of resources and opportunities that are available to you. So with an increased financial vibration, you have an increased experiences in life. And we will be going into a deep conversation about it regarding how to figure out what your vibration is in the first place, what is your financial vibration, and how can you clear it up or increase your vi- your vibration so that you can increase the money that's in your bank account. So here we go. How to increase your financial vibration. is the financial vibration anyway? What is that? There's a been a lot of conversation and a lot of talk about the law of attraction. And in that theory, in the law of attraction, it is about like attracts like, and that there is this energy that attracts items and things to you. And the way the, the way the law of attraction has been taught for the most part is about what you're visualizing and what you're focusing on is what you're going to attract into your life, which is definitely very true. However, I specifically want to talk about your financial vibration because it goes a lot deeper in it is specific to money, specific to money, opportunity, experiences, having the lifestyle that you're wanting in your life and not making money be the reason that you determine whether or not you have a joyful life or not. Our financial vibration is that energy that we emit out into the world that attracts money to us or repels the money to us. And our financial vibration is set based on our belief systems, our mindset around money, our um, actions that we take around money, our fears around money. So that vibration is an energy, a personal energy that is that you transmit, just like a radio station that you transmit out to the world. And that's what attracts the clients, customers, employees, vendors, other subcontractors, All different type of experiences are attracted to you based on your personal energy and belief system and what you allow to come into your life and and how you trust things that come into your life and how much do you listen to the things that you get inspired by. So how do you figure out what your financial vibration is? It's a very simple calculation. You take your total income from the last 12 months and then divide that by 12. So if you're a single person, you would look at all of the money that you brought into the in your income and divide that by 12. If you're married, You can do the same thing both individually, but then also as a couple. So you can see as a couple what your vibration is, what your vibration level is. Now, what this is going to tell you, of course, is going to be your average monthly income over the last 12 months, which tends to be what your frequency is. 
what happens when you receive more money on an annual basis or an average. So say your frequency is set at just say $3,500 and you somehow, some reason you brought in an extra five or or $600 in that particular month, then there would be something that would come up in order for you to stay within your vibration. So either your phone would break or you'd get in a car accident or you'd need to get a new computer or somebody rips you off or you ended up bouncing checks. And so you ended up getting late charges. There's certain things that we do unconsciously, of course, then to always keep us at that level in that we are figuring out ways or energetically and unconsciously things happen in our life to ultimately suck up that extra amount of money that came into our, to our life. So the trick is being very conscious of what your current monthly vibration is, what your financial vibration is so that you can increase it and start changing the financial life, your financial life to the one that you want. And again, like I said, with couples, it's the same thing when you're looking at not only your personal vibration, but then your vibration as a couple, it gives you the opportunity to be start being more conscious of your communication, your money communication with each other, and start looking at ways and assisting each other and supporting each other in, in increasing that vibration between the both of you. It's a very interesting process because it's again, really going about deep within you and looking at certain things within your life and allowing yourself some growth and releasing things that no longer support you, right? Releasing beliefs that so don't support you, releasing things that don't support you, releasing friends or family that don't support you the way they should be supporting you. There's quite a few little bit of releasing because it's about clearing space out so that you can bring more money in. So there are three concepts I want to talk to you about in how to increase your financial vibration. And that is, number one is clearing clutter. The second is adopting a new money attitude. And the third is establishing some new money actions and habits. So let's just talk about the first one, which is clearing clutter. And clutter is everywhere everywhere. Clutter is, we have clutter in our home. We have clutter in our cars. We have clutter in drawers. We have clutter in closets. We have clutter in our head. We have clutter in our money. We have clutter everywhere. Everywhere in our homes, in our living spaces, in our mind spaces, in our um, energy spaces, in our emotional spaces that are all cluttery and muckled up and not neat and organized, creates an energy space for blocks for things to be overlooked, for things to be hidden. Some people have so much clutter in their home. It's almost like they're working on creating bunkers, you know, with like from wartime or whatnot, like they're creating these bunkers so that they can stay behind uh, enemy lines. And, and that is a big reflection of some emotional clutter that gets to be worked on. The different types of clutter that I want to talk about is, first of all, let's talk about the clutter that's in your home and in your office space. There's a whole feng shui movement about having your home and your spaces, living spaces and specific arrangements and whatnot. And that's not really something that I've spent a lot of time studying. However, the concept that the purpose in there in the feng shui is about moving the flow of energy in your home in a nice natural way. So there's a nice natural um, movement of energy through the home and within the home. When clutter though, when clutter shows up and when clutter's in the way and in the space, what ends up happening is this energy does is not able to flow nicely through the home and you end up getting static energy and static areas in the home that are like just and funky places in the home that you don't want to go into, like the dark, you know, dredgy basement or something, you know, that smells like mildew or whatever. Um, it It's about creating a space in your home and in each of your areas in your home that give you a sense of peace and well-being and organization and security. And part of 
clearing out the clutter is releasing things that are no longer supporting you and that cause chaos and emotional turbulence within your heart and soul. So there's so many amazing books. The Miracle of Tidying Up was a really good book that I really enjoyed and it gave me a new perspective on how I actually fold and care for my socks and my clothes. And I thought that was been a very interesting concept, but in your home and it, within your personal things and the things that are in your clutter that are in your space, if the particular item is when you pick it up and you, the memories that come to you with this item, if this, if there's a positive, happy memory that comes to you, then that might be something that you want to keep. But if a negative memory comes up, or if it's something that there's shame around, or there's some things that just make you feel completely uncomfortable around that particular item, then get rid of it, get it out of your space so that it's not unconsciously cluttering up your mind. And that's what having things in our life that don't support us anymore do is just clutter up our mind space, but they also clutter up our area space. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is how each one of our spaces within our homes are connected to our chakra system at the same time. And so it's another way to energetically balance your personal energy system but also your emotional system and energy. Clearing out the spaces in your home and clearing out the clutter and not making it a big monstrous thing that you beat yourself up about, but just do it one room at a time, one drawer at a time, one closet at a time, you know, one counter space at a time. Getting things clean and clear so that you your personal energy system can run through your home without feeling guilty or icky or yucky about the piles of mail that's sitting on the countertop or the dirty dishes that keep piling in the kitchen that don't ever seem to finish or the laundry that never gets done or the 25 stacks of newspapers and magazines that are not doing anything but collecting dust and dirt. So looking at your spaces and starting to clear the clutter in your space and assists not only your personal energy, but also your emotional and your mind energy, right? That's part of clearing our mind clutter is releasing those things that aren't supporting us anymore and those objects that just seem to be getting in the way. I think one of the things, especially around having too much clutter that does not make any sense to me is how many storage units do we really need people? I mean, we have things of our own and then things that are stored and the amount of money that goes out to cover those storage units when you don't need them, when you're not using the items, you're not using the clothes, you're not using the items, it's becomes very expensive. And it also energetically just drains you. So clearing up that space is clear, letting go and releasing some of those objects and those things. It could be things that, um, you know, maybe from a very special relationship that's no longer with you because they've passed. And those types of things, those sentimental things are very difficult to let go of. There's a lot of suggestions I've heard. The one that I've really liked the best was to take pictures of these particular items that mean a lot to you. And then, you know, build yourself a notebook, build yourself up a journal that you can make some notes about them and keep these pictures in of these particular objects and things. And then allow those objects to go out and back out into the world so that they can support and serve somebody else who has the ability to honor and cherish and care for those items in their home. I barely, rarely had anything as a kid. And so anything I get my hands on, I like treat like gold, it seems like. (laughs) I have some things from when I was super, super little still that I've hung on to and taken very good care of because to me, everything that came into my home was very precious. Now, I end up getting too many things and I've since changed that um, habit, but that was part of my awareness of what, of healing my money, you know, healing my own money story. So clearing your home space, clearing your mind space, you also want to clear your money clutter. And the money clutter that comes up is 
when you, with, you know, late payments, overdraft charges, high interest payments, maybe you're paying different payday loans, you know, basically you're overspending and you're not managing your money and you're not taking care of your finances the way that they deserve to be taken care of. And I know a lot of times we avoid our finances because we don't feel like we are going to be able to meet all of the obligations that our finances need to be meeting. However, it's an important part for us to in increasing our vibration is becoming more aware, more connected with our money so that we can increase it and encourage it to spend more time with us. Because like, again, money is a sacred, special, divine source of support for all of us, just like our air and our food and water, air and water. They're all essential pieces in us living a human life, having a human experience is having these essential energy resources to support us. So when you have a clear space, it also brings this energy of openness and receptivity and also creates a space for the money, right? It's about creating this space for that money to come through and really focusing on those things that are really important to you, what's really precious to you, what really means something to you. So by getting rid of those things, those objects that are drain your emotions and drain your belief systems and just keeps you in a negative mindset, those are the things you want to get rid of so that you can continue to create this joyful life that you're wanting. And it happens so bizarrely, you know, and so uniquely, I shouldn't say (laughs) bizarrely, but Every one of us has such a unique journey that each one of us have such different psychological and visceral and emotional experiment experience with certain different things. So there's no judgment no judgment whatsoever about what's important to you or not important to you or what you get connected to or not connected to. There's no judgment whatsoever. And there shouldn't be any kind of an obligation either. Like one of the stories I loved about my ex-husband's grandmother who recently passed away, they talked about how she would always re-gift the gifts. So they knew that if grandma didn't like the gift, she actually ended up re-gifting that same gift to the person that gave it to her at Christmas. So it was pretty obvious when grandma didn't like the gift that you gave her, she re-gifted it back to them. So there's no obligation to keeping certain things either. We make it such a big deal when it's really not such a big deal and we don't really need to take it personal. Um, In fact, we probably really need to change our whole concept and belief systems around the gift systems anyway, but that's another... um, podcast. And while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to do another podcast specifically on the chakras in your rooms too. I think that'll make a great, um, a great topic, but anyway, so let's go back. Clearing our clutter, clearing spaces, clearing the money clutter, clearing our emotional clutter, right? Especially the, another part of the emotional clutter is those deep feelings, those hurts, those pains that it's time to release as well. And clearing that out of your mind space as well is so important because it just lifts your spirit. It lifts your own personal self-esteem and your personal value as you're healing all these pains and traumas and gives you more confidence in the world. And when you have more confidence about certain things, there is a different level of receptivity that comes um, and attraction that comes when you're confident in yourself and when you're confident in what you're doing. The next way, the next concept I wanted to talk about is adopting a new money attitude. New money attitude. I wish I could sing like Aretha Franklin. I just love her and I would sing her right now. New attitude. Just imagine that in your mind that Aretha's singing right there. (laughs) Um, Yes, a new money attitude. And this is really the whole whole gist of the podcast series anyway, is to shifting that mindset around your mindset, shifting our mindset around money and how it really is here to support us in service or what is it really here to do? What's happening with this money? But shifting our belief system around money, specifically in the sense of being expansive or contracted. This is an, a concept that I learned from one of my mentors. It's not a new concept, but I I really love this because 
it really shows if you're being very conscious with yourself and really just using yourself as your own, being your own observer, right? Basically is what you're wanting to do is become the observer of yourself and not the judger, but the observer and like, hmm, that was interesting that I just did that or I just felt that or this emotion just came up that. So it's it's about paying attention to your first initial feelings, your first initial reactions when certain money situations come up or money conversations come up. I mean, we are making decisions and talking about money every single day. So with each one of these decisions and conversations and interactions that you have with money, it's about becoming the observer of yourself and how you're, um, you know, just play it like it's an analytical, you know, scientific game and, and look at like, wow, that was really interesting that I showed up that way, or that was how I reacted. And when you're looking at how you're reacting at certain things, one of the ways to look at it and to analyze it or in a way is to decide whether or not you were working in an expansive energy or working in a contracted energy. An expansive energy is open and full and out and excited and moving forward and and hopeful and truthful trustful and excited about moving and open to all possibilities where contracted energy is within and weak and small and feeling fearful and lessful and shameful and just tight and limited, right? There's this very limited. You can almost look at the different energies as being unlimited or limited. Am I being unlimited in my thought process here or am I being limited, unlimited or limited? (laughs) So when you have certain things that have happened to you, just look at it as like, wow, that was a definitely a very interesting response, a definitely very interesting response to how you're actually doing it. So an example, one of the things that I noticed that happened with me was with my hairdresser. Now I've had this same hairdresser for years, years and years. She's been doing my hair for, gosh, I don't even know how long, 10, 15 years now. And I absolutely love her and adore her. She does such a great job. She's always so patient and like willing to try things and just always gives me great tips and things and ideas on how to do certain things with my hair because I'm definitely not a hair fashionista, that's for sure. She always does such a great job and is always is so kind and just, I just love her. Anyway, because of my profession, I'm always looking at pricing and I'm always looking at how people are pricing their products and services versus the work that they're doing. And I know I watch the industry standards on pretty much on all kinds of things. And one of the things that I felt about what she was charging was that she was extremely undercharging. So compared to the marketplace and to the work that she did, I knew that she was undercharging for her services. Because like I said before, you know, even in entrepreneurship, women are still undervaluing their work and their value in the marketplace. And you can notice that based on what their prices are. So anyway, I felt like she was overcharging or undercharging, excuse me, because she was undercharging. I was able to be more generous and I ended up compensating for that lower price by giving her a bigger tip. So I would end up giving her, you know, 20, 30 bucks extra as a tip just because I felt like she did such a good job and she was so, she was worth it. She was, the value was there for me. And in her pricing, I didn't think that she priced herself at what she was worth, honestly. So I was able to be more generous in the tip department and it was great. Well, recently she has moved into a new shop and she actually raised her prices and I was so happy for her. I was so excited. I was like, finally, it's about time you raised your prices because she really needed to be doing that because I thought, you know, for all these years she has been undercharging, which means she's been losing out on this money. So anyway, she raised her prices and then the first time she gave me the bill and she's like, okay, it's 80 bucks. And I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute, you know, because I was used to paying a less amount. I was used to paying, you know, the less amount. And then I was able to give her the bigger tip. And I noticed this immediate response within me might went into my gut and my heart. And I was like, and I was like, Oh, you know, now I had the money. So that wasn't 
any kind of an issue because I had always planned on paying her well. And I still still gave her a tip, but I didn't give her the most generous amount of tip that I had given her before. So it almost I almost kind of felt guilty because then I didn't put on as much tip as I did, but I still ended up paying her basically about the same amount of money, right? It was about a hundred bucks. I paid usually about 95, 80 to a hundred bucks. And that's to do the cut and the color and the style and the highlights and all that kind of stuff. So I just, you know, of course I paid the bill and I, I walked out and it, I just then started noticing like, wow, that was a very interesting reaction. And it wasn't, so much that I, part of it was that at a subconscious like level and an initial level, the amount of money that I was spending on a haircut and a style at 80 bucks, like that was a knee jerk, like, oh my gosh, wow, that's a lot more than I was expecting to pay. And I'm sure you've all experienced that at some level or not. It, And these concepts and these ideas will work for anybody at any income level, any income level. It doesn't matter if you're making five bucks an hour or you're making $500 an hour, or if you have a multi-million dollar business, or if you have a $20,000 business, these concepts around money and everything will work at any level because it's all a pattern. And as you learn one certain pattern and you improve upon that pattern, it works on every single level. And that's what's so fun about this stuff. So regardless of the amount of money that you're making, there comes an initial knee jerk like, oh, I didn't realize that was going to be cost that so much. But even just talking about it here, I realized that there was also a little bit of a layer of guilt that I have also been carrying and feeling about feeling guilty about not giving her as a big a tip before. But even still, like I said, I'm going back to, well, I did still pay her the same amount of money. So I hadn't been underpaying her before. I was overpaying and I was being more generous with the tip. So anyway, that was very interesting. So you just witnessed on air that whole process, right? Of having an experience, uh, looking at my reaction, my my thoughts and my ideas that come to me regarding that particular money experience. And then going back and going, realizing, yeah, actually I was still working on an expense, like subconsciously it went into a contracted, I went into a contracted state, but ultimately was able to move into a expanded state because I was like, Hey, I've still been paying her. I still was paying her fairly all along these years. So I'm just, was so proud of her that she raised her prices. And you may be one of those ladies out there that get to be looking and raising your prices as well. So looking at your experiences and your interactions with all your money. And then another part about living expansively with our money means that we also get to spend more in the sense where we get to go out of our comfort zone of how we're, how we're spending our spending the money and how we're um, how we're putting that money, how we're utilizing the money in our life. So, and that comes to where our next concept, which is our new money habits and our new money actions. I have to tell you that this is my, one of my biggest pet peeves about stuff that I notice so many ladies do. You see them, you meet them at a party or you, or you're out, you know, socializing or whatnot. And you're like, Oh, hi, how are you? Oh, look how cute your dress is. And they go, Oh yes, I just got that for $1.99 at the clearance sale. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, I didn't realize I'd asked to find out how much that cost you. I didn't know I asked you that. Uh, I just thought it was beautiful on you, you know, or, Oh, look how cute your shoes are. Oh yes. I just got them a clearance for five ninety nine at this store. Um, or I got them at the secondhand store. I mean, you're getting a compliment and instead of saying, Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I really like this. This dress makes me feel fun. Yeah. This has been a fun pair of shoes to wear because they just, um, they're so comfortable. Instead of that response, we're getting our justification for why we spent money on ourselves. <laughs> I hate that. It really is my biggest pet peeve, right? Because 
ladies, you're working your butt off too. You're doing many, many things and you deserve to have a new dress. You deserve to have a new pair of shoes. It's all about having your money and your spending in balance. And part of attracting more money though, is when you're purchasing items, are you purchasing them because they're on the clearance rack and Or are you purchasing them because you absolutely love them? There's a completely different action and attitude that you get to have when you're actually making these purchases in that you're absolutely loving where your money's going. Remember, that's one of the things we talked about in episode two. We talked about loving where your money is going. When you're purchasing items, the trick is not to go in and go straight for the clearance rack. It's to go to that rack that makes you feel happy, that holds that clothing item that absolutely makes you feel like a princess because part of our vibration is like attracts like. And so if you think you're only worth $1.99, then that's all you attract in in your life financially is enough to cover a $1.99 dress. Again, we can't make our life about the amount of money it is, but the quality of what it is, energy that is supporting you, right? Are you enjoying it? So, and I'm not saying go out and, you know, buy a massive expensive wardrobe on your credit cards or anything like that. It's not about going into debt either and buying the most expensive fancy thing either. What it's about is going in with your heart and really putting it out into the universe, ordering it out to the universe and say, this is what I want. I want a cute black dress for this cocktail event that I'm going to, you know, on Friday night. So I want to find something that's just beautiful and elegant and that I really enjoy. So you go to your favorite department store and you start looking for that little black dress. And instead of going directly to the clearance rack, just start looking through everything that's there, right? That's why they have those little rooms in those department stores where you can try things on. So you go, you shop through all of the racks and you go through the clearance rack. If it's there, there, great, go, because who knows where it's going to show up. But you don't make your decision based on it coming off of the clearance rack. Allow yourself to scour the store and enjoy the experience of looking for something, not focusing on and stressing about how much it's going to be. So then go try them all on, go try them all on, go try them all on. Yay. And I'll tell you anyway, in my experience, nine times out of 10, the item that I absolutely fell in love with that made me feel like a goddess, that made me feel like a queen in what I was wearing, that made me feel perfectly perfect. They usually always ended up being something that was on sale or it was the item that was on clearance. And that's been kind of the really fun thing is finding like, Ooh, like that was on sale. Like, Ooh, I just hit the jackpot because it's something I absolutely love. And I got a good deal on it. And I was thrilled about it, right? It's so much fun. Versus going to the store, being completely stressed out about, oh my gosh, I've only got five bucks, go to the clearance rack, or I've only, you know, I can't spend too much money. I can't spend too much money, you know, because a lot of times we worry about like, spending money on us, we think, as mothers, I know it's more important for us to spend money on our children. It's more important for money to go into our household, more money to go into our budgets that we have for everybody else, but not caring for ourselves financially as women. So we go directly to the clearance rack or we go to that secondhand shop. We don't even allow ourselves to enjoy the department store. So we'll just go to the, you know, scrimpy little, and there's nothing wrong with secondhand stores. Believe you me, I love them. I go to them every once in a while. Um, Anyway, it's about are you living in fear around your money or are you living in peace with your money? Are you living expansively or contractedly? So becoming the observer of yourself and looking at your response, your automatic responses and feelings and things that come up for you right away during the different money interactions and things gives you the opportunity to really look at the beliefs that come up for you or the emotions that come up for you that then gives you the clues as to what emotional healing you get to work on next. What's that next thing for you that you get to release and clear from your emotional self. And 
Back to the clutter piece and how this also works within clearing the clutter, which is also really a fun um, bonus with clearing clutter in this space is that when you're working on emotional issues and you work on clearing up some specific clutter, what ends up happening is the idea or the inspiration actually comes up to you. I think that's why women for so long you know, when you get pissed off or get very upset about things, you start cleaning things, you start cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. Because what that's doing is clearing the space and clearing some movement, and moving some energy so that you can work through those emotions through your body and through yourself and connect with your own personal feelings. The piece that we don't tend to do either male or female is actually talk about our emotions and our feelings. And then we make some judgments about ourselves regarding our emotions and feelings rather than just allowing those emotions and feelings to throw flow through us. And that's the skill that we get to work on. The the strategy that we get to work on is learning how to balance our energy, balance our emotions with our belief systems and understanding our belief systems and our emotions and things that come up specifically even around money, so that we can heal our pain, grow as individuals, again, increase our financial vibration, ultimately, and really add more light to the world, which is the the end result goal, really, is for us to attain the highest, best, most beautiful version of ourselves and being able to reflect that here on the planet, on the earth, basically bringing heaven on earth. So that is adopting a new money attitude, right? New money attitude, thinking about allowing yourself to become that observer of yourself and and noticing when you're going into contracted feelings and expanded feelings and allowing yourself to make a different choice and start analyzing and really focusing on healing those pains and those issues and those things that are coming up that really are causing those blocks of energy coming to you. Even take that just a little bit deeper, how that actually really reflects out into your money relationships and the results of your money is that if behind the scenes within your own energy, there's these pains and there's these blocks that are saying that you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or that you're not capable enough. Um, and that, you know, you're, you're in the smallness, right? You're, you're in this energy of contractedness, then at an energetic level, new customers and clients and new opportunities and experiences don't come to you and they're not attracted to you because at, at an energetic level, you are rejecting that positive energy that's coming towards you. So allowing yourself to heal and to release those blocks, those emotional blocks within the body will assist you in attracting better quality clients, more money, more opportunities, new experiences, new friendships, new all kinds of things. So it it's so much super fun because when you're working with your energy, it actually, it works on all levels, mind, body, spirit, and wallet. So adopting a new money attitude, that's the second part in increasing your financial vibration. The last concept that I want to talk about is new money action and habits. And this is so important because it's one thing to visualize certain things that we want in our life. It's one thing to journal about certain things that we want in our life, but it's a whole nother thing to actually take action. And as you take action in your life, even though you don't know every single step or every piece of it, but you keep moving forward and you keep to your commitment to yourself and you keep to your dream and your desires, as you keep moving forward, the universe is is going to know that you're serious with what you're doing and it's going to continue to support you in so many ways, so, so many ways. However, if you don't take any action and you keep yourself stalled and you keep yourself in one space and you don't do anything and you just sit down in depression and sadness and give up on yourself and don't push yourself towards uh, healing these emotional blocks and these other things, then the universe can't give you anything more because you stop yourself at that step. You stop yourself at that step. 
we're always getting ideas of things for us to move forward, but it's a different thing whether or not we actually take that action and, and actually move forward. So one of the pieces in increasing our financial vibration is going a little bit beyond our comfort zone and stretching our comfort zone, not damaging ourselves financially, meaning we don't overspend, but we still expand the amount of money that we allow ourselves to purchase to, to support ourselves. Right. And so I'm just going to tell you a couple of stories where I had to experience, um, where I got to experience this spending more money on myself. Now, like I said, I am a single mom. Yes, I've been a single mom. I was a single mom for over 20 years. And ultimately was responsible for two kids financially and a home mortgage kids and all these kinds of things. And I really did suffer from what I call is the crappy underwear syndrome. (laughs) And that is where everything, you know, my kids, I took care of them the best that I could and got them a part of opportunities as much as I financially could. However, I still did not honor myself so much so that I always had crappy underwear. Now, nobody really knows this. Um, Well, I guess everybody knows this now, but at the time, you don't know what person's underwear looks like, but I knew what they look like, right? And so it really became a challenge for me and an awareness for me that I got to invest money in myself and let the universe know that I was important enough, that my needs were important enough to the universe that it responds back in that receiving awesome things. Again, remember the like attracts like. And so if I believe that I deserve awesome things, then awesome things come my way. And this is not about being greeting, having too much stuff and those kinds of things. It's just having a beautiful basic life that affords you food, comfort, shelter, a balanced life that agrees with you and fulfills all your desires and your dreams. So when you allow yourself these good things and you feel pot, allow yourself to feel positive about the good things that come to you, then you're, then it opens you up to receiving more good things to come to you. And that's the dance that we make with the universe. And that's the, how our vibration, if you think about when we think, keep thinking that something awful is going to happen or someone else is going to get in our way or someone's going to hurt us, then we end up attracting those kind of experiences because that's what we keep thinking of. And we, we live in fear and we live in scarcity. We live in this thought of there's not enough money. There's not enough, um, enough things there. So part of increasing our vibration is expanding our spending on ourselves. And the first time that I had to do this, and it was before I, I had no choice, actually, I was at a conference at downtown Salt Lake City. And it was at our lunch break. And it was in the afternoon. And I had gone into the restroom, did my thing. And I was at the mirror combing my hair. I dropped the comb on the floor. And bent over to pick it up and my pants ripped out in the buttocks right down the middle. Oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. And I was so grateful because of course, it was right at the lunchtime. And so I had to go across the street to find a pair of jeans for me to wear. Uh, Now I'm not, I don't wear size four, size three. So I'm very limited. There's not nearly as many stores that can accommodate larger ladies clothing, but also larger ladies clothing that was cheap, was not super close to downtown Salt Lake City at the moment that I could quickly get to and uh, take care of the, 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 the whole issue. Anyway, I finally found a shop at the mall that had my size pair of jeans that I could wear. And I was in the dressing room trying on the jeans. I mean, I was finally able to find them and I was looking at the prices and the prices that was a hundred dollars for these jeans. And I literally started crying. I started crying in the, in the dressing room. And I, because I was just so upset about how much the money was going to cost, how much these jeans were going to cost. And because I had never in my life ever spent a hundred dollars on a pair of jeans. I mean, that is like a week and a half 
two weeks worth of groceries for my kids. And so it was, it was a challenge for me, but it was the only thing that it was there. I had the money and I found the size that would fit me and it was quick enough that I could get back to the conference, you know, and I cried all the way up to the register because I was so upset about how much these pants cost. And I went back to the conference and I did my thing and it was great and, and whatnot. But so going forward a few months later, one of the things that I thought was so interesting because I had these jeans for, you know, quite a few months, of course, now. And what was very interesting to me was that, you know, I'm used to only paying like 10, 15 bucks for a pair of jeans, if that maybe. And to pay for a hundred dollars pair of jeans, it was a huge stretch for me. But what I found out was that the quality of the jeans was so much, there was so much that they basically outlasted five pairs of those $15 jeans because the $15 jeans were so poorly made. The quality wasn't there. And I would easily rip them or tear them and they'd wear out and I would have to get a new pair of jeans. So the better pair of jeans, the $100 pair of jeans actually lasted a lot better. And that was my first experience really of going past my comfort zone in allowing money to support me was, wow, $100 pair of jeans. And it has really stuck with me ever since. And I'm allowing myself to do this all the time. So my next challenge for myself was that I was going to purposely stretch myself and buy something else. One of the experiences that I chose to do for myself and that you can maybe do for yourself as well is in clearing out the clutter of your wallet and what does your wallet look like? And um, is it time to get you a new wallet? Well, I had decided that it was time for me to get a new wallet and my wallet was uh, ripped up. It was probably just this little $15 wallet, you know, who knows? I don't know. I don't even remember. It was so long ago. But what I do remember was when I finally found the wallet that I really, really loved, it was a hundred dollar wallet. It was a hundred bucks for this wallet. Now it's a hobo wallet and it's absolutely beautiful. It was this beautiful leather. It had two, has two compartments that snapped open. It was perfectly, it was big. It was easy for me to to hold the couple of credit cards that I had and the money. And then even when I opened up the lining, it just had these beautiful floral linings and it was a fuchsia pink, fuchsia pink wallet. I I loved it. But I remember that when I went to the register to pay for it, and again, I had the money, the, 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 the fact that I didn't have the money wasn't an issue. It was that I was spending that much money on a wallet for me, right? So I remember going to the checkout and my hand was shaking and I was so nervous because I I was going beyond this comfort zone of how much money I was spending on one particular item for me. And it's just a practice, right? Every day, all the time, it's a practice of allowing ourselves to stretch ourselves financially in different ways. Even when we're investing in ourselves when it comes to our education and our knowledge is that part of business is that if you're wanting to attract clients that pay you, say you want to attract clients that pay you $5,000 for a program, if you're not willing to invest $5,000 in a program for yourself, then it really goes against the attracting of you attracting somebody that invests $5,000 for programs. So again, it's that like attracts like. So you also have to be willing to invest in certain things as well. Again, it's not about going into extreme debt. It's not about overspending. It's about having a balance with your money and a strategy and really making a conscience step forward and creating a healthy financial relationships within your life, within your business, within yourself, and and that's all in alignment with your heart and soul. So get comfortable with allowing yourself to spend larger amounts of money. You know, when you 
notice yourself going like, oh, I can't believe how much that is. You know, you just do what I like to say is you do your Lamaze breathing, right? You right. You do the breathing and you just like allow yourself to move past that and then celebrate it. Celebrate that you took those steps forward because it's good for you to allow yourself to stretch yourself in that space and that you're consciously caring for yourself and you're letting the universe know that your needs are just as important and that you deserve to be cared for and um, supported because you're caring and supporting yourself as well and you're taking action and doing those things. Um, And that's, again, in being responsible with yourself and responsible with your relationships, you know, your partnerships, uh, if you're in a, you know, spousal community, Thing, but you know, you're paying bills. It's a, it's a cash flow thing too. It's not about just going out and spending and getting a bunch of credit card debt. That's not what this is about as far as that. So hopefully you're getting that concept. And if you have any questions, you can send, uh, you can send your questions to me at my email, which is Bethann. I am at divine money mastery.com. The next thing about some new actions and some new habits that we really get to take on is paying attention to our money every day, every day, taking care of our money. The one place that every single one of us always have is mail, 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 mail. And it used to be that we were getting electronic or we used to be getting the old snail mail where it came in the mail and now everything is freaking out electronic and now we're getting emails and everything for mail. But there's, there's always this constant thing going on with our money. And one of the things that we also get to do is start collecting our receipts, collecting our receipts and tracking our money, right? It's about having that relationship with your money and all of the little things that are involved with your money to let your money know that you're paying attention to it, that you feel that and know the importance of that money so that you can attract more money to you. The The way I like to think about it is if you think about your money, like is um, your money honey, right? Or is like your, like your honey bunny or a relationship that you want to have, right? With your children or your husband or your spouse or wife or whatever. It's about strengthening that relationship, you spend time together doing things together, you cook together, you clean together, you do the laundries together, you sleep together, you, um, you hang out together, you go to parties together, you dance together, you play games together, you raise the kids together, and you get to do your money together. And, and when you do the things with your money, and you do the, the activities that your money deserves to have, you, uh, open that space to the universe and that consciousness that the relationship that you have with your money is important. Now, you don't always have to have be the one that's actually doing the bookkeeping for it. You can hire a service to do it. However, there's still a level of responsibility as a business owner and as an individual that you still pay attention to those numbers by looking at reports, by looking at information, by being aware of what income is coming in and what the needs are, financial needs of the business. There's so many different layers of awareness that a owner and a home person and a single person, we all get to be aware of when it comes to our finances. And this is what I love about the Divine Money Mastery uh, University program that I have is that we focus on both the personal and the business. And you're able to have a space where all of those numbers are being tracked. But Either way, either if you're using my system or you're using another system to keep track and really take a look at what um, your money's going going on with your money, because it's it's again about having a consciousness and awareness of where your money's going and not being afraid of it, but saying like, "Hello, money, how are you? <laughs> What's going on?" I mean, honestly, one of the most striking statistics that really blew me away was that of how much money Americans have been paying for overdraft charges to banks. And basically in 2007, 
Americans paid $17.5 billion to banks in overdraft charges. And in 2011, it actually doubled. It went up to $38.5 billion per year and has stayed that same amount since 2011. And actually, it's um, actually it's 117% to be more exact increase in overdraft charges that are being charged or being paid to banks. And this just, I mean, it's astonishing because we could do so many things with that amount of money and so many families could use that money. And it's just really a matter of us paying attention to our money and paying attention to our spending issues and our spending habits and finding a balance within our spending and within ourselves so that we can have the financial life that we want and be able to use utilize that money for ourselves. And one of the things I think that was so funny was I went to a bank one day and I was in line getting ready to make a deposit or something, I don't remember. But at the time, the bank was actually being remodeled. And I believe actually it was like around 2012, 2013. And the bank was getting all remodeled. And inside, they were all getting these new granite-looking countertops and things. And they were really beautiful. And I just chuckled because one of the main industries I work for is the housing industry. So I knew how much money was really being spent on these marble countertops because it's not a cheap upgrade. Let's put it that way. It's one of the higher end upgrades. And I just made a comment to the clerk. I was just said, I said, well, looks like our overdraft charges are paying quite well for the upgrade. And the gal just laughed at me and she said, yep, you're right. She's like, you know who it is that never overdrafts their accounts? And I said, who? And she said, it's those little old ladies that still write the amounts in their little check registers. (laughs) And I was like, yes, exactly. It's those, it's that sitting there and writing it and connecting with it. We've gotten so used to being able to run everything on credit, 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 and sweeping the real issues under the rug and just spending as, as we will without being responsible to ourselves. And I mean, I get that there's sometimes we've got to do what we've got to do. I mean, I, I've had to do that before when I was younger with my kids, I did have to bounce checks to be able to feed my kids. Sometimes you just have to do those things and I'm not faulting you for that. I'm just saying that it's time to shift that relationship and that we're paying attention to that money and doing our activities with our money together. Just to wrap this up, connecting and increasing your financial vibration is a skill that you're going to continue to work on year after year after year after year. And at whatever income level you'll get to, you'll plateau and it'll be time for that next big aha and that next big move forward to get to that next level of financial income. If you're looking to make a million dollars, first you have to be able to make $10,000 a month, right? Without going into panic state. And I know we think, oh, I can make $10,000 a month and that's easy. I can handle that, no problem. But when you're actually experiencing it, it is a completely different mindset. So these exercises that I shared with you in this podcast today gives you the opportunities to start stretching that financial vibration and start stretching that comfort level that you have with having more money, receiving more money, and being on a different plane with money. I also want to remind you that these concepts are going to work as far as looking at your vibration and increasing your vibration is going to be in applicable to an individual, to families, to businesses. You can look at your business as a whole. And just like I talked about calculating your financial vibration earlier, you can do the same thing with your business is what is your monthly average income for business over the year? And you can use these same techniques and these same concepts towards increasing your business's financial vibration. And it's really just an exciting process and really getting to understand yourself, getting to see the things paying off for you and things getting easier for you and life getting easier for you and funner, more exciting things are happening. Yes, increase your financial vibration. That's what it is. And Connecting to to yourself, observing yourself, removing clutter, 
reconnecting to your money and new actions and having new a new attitude, right? Clearing clutter, adapting a new money attitude and having new money habits and actions. Those are the three main things that I suggest for you to work on in order to increase that vibration. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. This has been super fun. Thank you so much, my money peeps. I'm so thrilled that you were here today. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Spirit of Money podcast. I wish you many money blessings. Peace in. Thank you for listening to the Spirit of Money podcast. Are you ready to transform your money life? Imagine making money that nourishes your body and soul. Visit DivineMoneyMastery.com for more information about products and services created to empower your money life and to contact Beth Ann via email, Facebook, and Instagram. Sign up to receive a complimentary ebook written by Beth Ann, Five Steps to Money Peace of Mind Quick Guide. Discover the spiritual side of your money to increase your abundance and divine financial wealth. Join us next time on the Spirit of Money podcast.